turn to the book of Psalms, Psalms 25. Today I want to address this idea, and you know, I, I think maybe I was thinking in this vein because we're in the end of school season, and I'm thinking especially uh, high school seniors, and do you remember however many years ago it was that you graduated from high school? I don't know about you, but I remember it was, it was magnificent and it was terrifying at the same time. <laughs> it was magnificent in this sense of, you know, accomplishment, getting through high school and, and now having the whole world out in front of, you know, me. And, and, uh, and that was the terrifying part, you know, is uh, where do I go from here? You know, up to that point in our lives, 18 years, our lives are pretty much regimented. You know, you're going to get up, you're going to go to school, study and all of those kinds of things. And now it's like, okay, now it is up to you. I remember, you know, wow, I, I don't know what it seemed like to you, but, but what it seemed like to me is that everybody else, everybody else in my friend group, everybody else in my class at school, you know, they were just excitedly talking about their plans and decisions, and they knew what they were going to do. I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to, you know, participate in this, or, you know, all of those things, and I had no idea. Anybody with me? You had no idea? Okay, all right, I'm, I'm among good company here. <clears throat> Remember that just being a little bit terrifying in trying to sort that out and, and all. And so, you know, my thoughts are kind of back to that moment. How do you make good, godly, biblical, spiritual decisions? Decisions are, are huge. Anyways, I want to read uh, from Psalm 25, verses 1 through 5, and just kind of as a basis and launch pad for our thoughts today. So, Psalm 25, verse 1. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. You know, all of the uh, functions of our day is, uh, is kind of interesting to think about just uh, to this point in this day, how many decisions have you made? Huh? How many decisions? It's something we don't really consciously think about. There are dozens, if not scores of decisions we make. You know, like you made the decision to get out of bed today, huh? And that's why you're here. You made the decision what shirt or dress or coat or whatever you're going to wear today. You, uh, you know, decided to show up today even, well, I told you I was going to move on, so I'm not going to mention that. All right. Um, lots of decisions. And so many decisions are, um, are just automatic. You, you know, make them quickly and we don't really think of it. But you think of all the decisions we make in a lifetime. Some, of course, come to mind as more important or more consequential decisions than others. It's been said that we are the sum total of all the decisions that we have made up to this point. That's exactly how we sit here today. Whatever we've experienced in our past is a result of the decisions we have made. We're also affected by, sometimes by the decisions of others. But how we respond in all of that is our decision. And so I think it's, it's critical and it's, it's incredibly important 
that when it, we are faced with momentous and consequential decisions, that we have a grid, we have a, a process, if you will, of making good decisions. How do we do that? We've made good decisions in our past, and we've made decisions that maybe we wish we hadn't made. How do we learn the difference, and how do we learn to maybe make more good decisions and less decisions that we regret? I pray that we, like the psalmist here, that, that we yearn and, and reach out to the Lord saying, show me your ways, teach me your paths, and lead me in your truth and teach me. Here's some things I, I want you to consider, and I don't know whether you're facing a big decision right now, but maybe in the future, maybe some of this will be retained by you. I think one of the first things that we do when we are looking at a decision is we pray for God's guidance. Now, that may seem like a duh, okay? Like, well, of course we do that. But I, I think it's important to include this in the grid, okay? As if we just don't traipse off into the weeds on our own. But we pray, God, would you guide me in, in this decision-making process? Some, you know, I, I think maybe in some ways we do it, but I think it's important to do it sometimes in a formal way. You know, we're looking at decisions that are going to affect our future, maybe our marriage or other relationships, and we, we want to get it right. And so I think the, the opening shot in all of that is that, God, would you lead me and guide me and help me in making the right call here, making the right decision, because it's going to affect me, it's maybe going to affect our family or, or uh, other people as well, and we want to get it right. Now, that just is a, is a prayer. I think that we can consciously and, and openly pray and ask God for his help in guiding us in that way. I, I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with prayer. I know this because at times from either maybe you're around a dinner table or maybe, by the way, our National Day of Prayer out in the Leaf Hansen Memorial Park, that was, that was a great event. We had, we had 37 people out there in the middle of the day, in public, in the public square. Pastor Joshua led us in some worship, and, and we had different people lead in prayer and invited those that uh, came to, to uh, uh, participate. But, you know, there are times, you know, where we're, we're uncomfortable praying because we, we don't know how to pray, you know, with the right words, or we don't pray as well as someone else, or we compare ourselves in that way. But I want you to know, that prayer with God can be as simple as help. You know what I'm talking about, okay? You don't have to worry about the fancy language or, you know, praying, you know, like someone else. You can just say, God, help me. And he hears and he understands that prayer. He knows exactly what you mean by that. But I think it's really important that we just stop in the process before we just kind of gallivant on and just say, God, would you, would you help me? Would you give me some insight in and help into the decisions that are before me? It may not sound very religious, but it's still effective. Amen? <laughs> and I'm glad that we serve a God like that and that he, he takes what we have just as we offer it to him and leads us in what he would have us do. There is uh, another great advantage that we have when we ask God uh, decisions, especially difficult decisions. How many have ever had, you know, two really good decisions in front of you, but you couldn't do, to choose one was to mutually exclude the other one. You had decisions like that. You know what Yogi Berra said, when you get to a fork in the road, 
take it, okay? And uh, <laughs> some of you might have got that, maybe, maybe not. But sometimes there is a fork in our road and we don't know which one we should choose. God can help us clarify that even if it's the choice of two good things. One of the ways and the great advantages that we have is the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, Paul writes to the Romans, he says, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. What weaknesses is he talking about? Is he not talking about lifting weights? That's really not what he's talking about. He says, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Have you ever been there in your prayer? I, I don't know how to pray about this. I don't know which direction to take. So it, it's our dilemma. Do I pray for this or pray for that? Lord, I'm stuck here. But Paul writes, he says, but the Spirit himself now, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for us with groanings that, which cannot be uttered. There are times that we pray that we can't even express in words. And as it were, we even groan in our prayer. Have you ever deeply sighed? You know, groanings is probably a word that, that uh, we're not as familiar with. But have you deeply sighed about a matter because you didn't really know how to articulate your feelings in words? Well, that's the Holy Spirit. He interprets that. When you deeply sigh, he knows what's behind that. He doesn't have to ask. He knows, and he is able to assist us in prayer. One of the titles and the names of the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. That's Greek language for one who comes alongside. If you go to a court of law and are being sued by another party, most of us would hire a paraclete. Someone to come alongside and guide us through that process. Otherwise known as a lawyer, a counselor, right? And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of us, the paraclete, and he guides us along in the process. Whether it's a decision that is on your heart or mind or before you and you must make a decision, he will come alongside. We can pray, Holy Spirit, would you just... In, in the office of the paraclete, would you come alongside me? Would you, would you guide me through this passage that I don't know the, the way of? Lead me into the, into the will of God. So it's a huge advantage, and I think it's something that we shouldn't overlook in the sense that, you know, this is available to us. Let's stop. Let's invite God into our situation Ask him for guidance. Ask him to, to bring the, the paraclete alongside of us and guide us through the situation and the choices that are before us. So that's, that's uh, number one. Just, just in, enlist God's help in the process. Number two, get good facts and good information. Okay? How many have ever made a decision on bad information? Yeah. Usually what results from a decision made on, on bad information is what? A bad decision, right? Something you shouldn't have done. Something you, you shouldn't have gone there. Well, I think it's important for us to gather all the available information. And uh, I want to caution us on this as well. Not just the stuff you want to hear. Hmm? Isn't that true? 
How many, how many knows, know we lie to ourselves sometimes, right? We just want to hear what we want to hear, and we kind of selective on that. But I think it's important that we gather all the, all the information that, that pertains to the decision that we have to make. Take time to get informed. You know, look for the truth. Amen? And unless you are reading your Bible, all of this, I think, information is of little use. So what underscores all this is the foundation of Scripture in our lives. It is the foundation upon which good decisions are made. And how, how so? You know, and I'm not talking about just kind of the, the vending machine approach to uh, getting a decision. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I got an important decision to make. Better pull out the Bible. You know, I'm reading about terrible skin diseases in Leviticus, but whatever, I'm reading my Bible, right? And close it and then expect it you know, out of the prayer vending machine comes the answer that you want. What we're talking about is a lifestyle of Scripture, and we invite you to do that all the time. In fact, we have Bible reading guides that are available to you right now, today, and you can just take one on your, on your way home today. We recommend that. Why? Because it provides us a, a grid, a biblical, spiritual grid, for which to make good decisions, even about the information that we receive. Scripture, if you will, creates a filter that allows good information in, and keeps bad information out. When we are immersed in Scripture, we just automatically have, have the Holy Spirit working inside of us and say, yeah, that, that's bad information. This is good information. And we're, we're not going to go there, but, but uh, we're going to bring this in. And it gives us that kind of discernment and ability to even filter the kind of information that we go looking for. It helps us recognize, I think this is important, and this is something that we can take less and less for granted in the world in which we live, but it helps us recognize the things of God and the difference between the things of the world. Scripture will always, always affirm the things of God, and it will identify worldly thinking. The less of worldly thinking, Proverbs, it's, it's repeated twice in Proverbs, that says there is a way that seems right to a man. You know, if, if you will, common sense or, you know, just, you know, uh, the, the kind of uh, thought. But Scriptures goes on to say there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. And so there are things that seem natural, seems, things that seem, you know, common, that we, that we would just, you know, make sense to us in our, in our natural state, but they, they head us in the wrong direction. S scripture helps provide and, and uh, identify uh, those things that would lead to death and would point us in the things that lead to life. Over time, the truth, if you will, as we spend that lifestyle of Scripture, uh, being in Scripture, it lodges in our heart and is the information that the Holy Spirit helps us access in the times that we need it. I like John chapter 16 because Jesus describes this process for us. John 16 verse 13. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, and that's another name of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. So when he, the spirit of truth has come, here's the important part. He will guide you into all truth. I think that's the kind of decisions we want to make is decisions based on something that is true, not something that is untrue, not something that is a lie, not something that, that uh, can't be trusted. One of the Holy Spirit's job 
is that he's going to guide us into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. That is something that that we have a great advantage with. Not only will the Spirit help us pray, but he'll also guide us in the way of truth and and avoid things that are not true. One of the things I'll, I'll throw into this thought is... I've made some decisions that I wish I hadn't made, and I have to own all of it because the Holy Spirit was waving a red flag. There's something, you know, I I thought I wanted uh, so bad, but the Holy Spirit is saying, "Uh uh-uh, that's that's probably not a good idea. You know, it's like, hey, pay attention over here. And the the problem is I I didn't pay attention, probably didn't want to pay attention, uh, because what I wanted was, you know, what I decided learned to regret that because I ignored the red flags that I believe the Holy Spirit was trying to get my attention with. I know there are times where, and I think in those times I was just probably foolishly optimistic, and since that's, you know, it's like, okay, I I recognize that, I see that red flag, but you know what, we can fix that. We can just fix that. As long as we just get what we want, then we'll just work on this later. We'll just fix this later. And you know what never happened? was fixing that later, okay? It didn't happen. And because of the red flag, I mean, the, what the red flag was pointing out was that, which caused the, de- the demise of, of the situation. And, and the, the Holy Spirit is faithful to do that. Sometimes, you know, you'll get a second opinion. Sometimes it sounds like your, your spouse's voice. I wouldn't do that if I were you, right? Sometimes it sounds like your spouse's voice, but it's actually the voice of the Holy Spirit, Sometimes we may be full of pride or maybe we're full of stubbornness or whatever. We're going to do what we're going to do. I think it would, it would serve us well to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he will guide us into all things that are true and not fall prey to our own foolish optimism, which will enable us to make our poor decisions. Number three. And I'm speaking this from the heart of a pastor. Number three is ask spiritual people for counsel. Okay? It may look like a conflict of interest, and maybe I should recuse myself from this, but, but I, I think this is so important. I see sometimes people making decisions after talking to people who I wouldn't characterize as spiritual. And not to say that there isn't other people with viewpoints and information that would counsel us. It doesn't rule out talking to experts in different fields. You know, if you need a a plumber, for instance, I, as your pastor, could help you very little in that subject, okay? So um, I would just say, yeah, I I would go talk to a plumber, all right? And that's probably all the guidance you would need. But there are, you know, in, you know, maybe in places of law or other defined areas of life, business, doctors, all of those things. But don't forget to include people of spiritual experience. And your pastor is not the only person who can do that. There are godly spiritual people uh, among us that we can seek out and just say, hey, I have this decision to make. Uh, this is what I know about this, and this is what I know about that. Would you help me pray? Now, a lot of people, I think, harbor some fear that, well, if I go to the pastor, 
about this that uh, either, number one, get in trouble for it, or he'll try to talk me out of what I really want to do, okay? Let me say this, is that nothing could be further from the truth. As pastors, our want is for the will of God for your life, okay? It is not my job to dictate your life according to what my plan for your life is. Is that we really do want the will of God for you. I think especially in significant decisions that affect our future, uh, that, that affect our relationship, that you know, have influence beyond the immediate part of our life, to seek out someone of a spiritual stature that will go to God with you, not, not just for you, but with you, so that you can hear from God and God can, can direct you. I think we naturally seek out people who we think will encourage us to do what we already want to do and avoid those who we think will discourage us. That's just human nature. You know, it's like, I really want to do this. If I had to be honest, there's some, probably some misgivings about it, but I still really want to do this. And so I don't want to talk to anybody that will tell me it's not a good idea. I mean, that's just human nature. But to seek out people who can help you discern the voice of God. There are times where you just think, man, this, this is a great opportunity and you ought to pursue it, you know, and maybe that's what they wanted to hear. And I said, you know, I just, because of the, what the Word of God, the Word of God says this, I could see where you would come in conflict with this because the, the Word of God says this, and if you were to make this decision, those two things would, would come into conflict and help point out some of those things. So I think it's important that we get ask spiritual people for counsel. When I have big decisions, it's like, okay, well, I'm the pastor, so that exempt me, exempts me, right? No. No, there are times where I ask spiritual people right here among us to pray for me. In fact, I did this week because I knew I was going to stand up here and address last Sunday, I said, would you pray for me this week? <laughs> I said, I need God's wisdom and as to what to say and uh, how, to, how to say it. And then I have people above me in spiritual offices that, uh, that I go to. And I just say, hey, I've got this big decision I have to make and I, I'd like you to pray with me about it because I want to get it right. I want to do the right thing. So I think it's important that when we do that, we, that we be open, that we be willing to not only hear encouragement, but also cautionary guidance, especially if it's based on Scripture. So uh, number four, I think it's important that we calculate the cost that you can determine. You know, there's a cost to every decision. Some decisions are mutually exclusive. If you choose this you cannot choose that. So those are some of the things that we have to weigh out. It's a cost, and we have to determine what the cost is as best we can. Uh, Luke chapter 14, verses 28-29, Jesus talked about these kinds of decisions. He says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest, after he has laid the foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to mock him. 
And so Jesus is saying, yeah, there's a cost to every decision. And especially significant decisions, there's, there's a cost. It is a wise thing to sit down and gather all the costs that we are aware of. How many have ever heard the phrase, budget overruns? Ever heard that? <laughs> Those are going to happen. <laughs> Whether you're building a house or, or whatever. But um, there are going to be costs that we can't determine ahead of time. But it is absolutely vital to determine the costs we can, that we can determine. So it's, it's wise that we take the time to do that. One of the costs that we will need to determine, and this isn't like a, a paper and pencil and, and numbers sort of, of cost, but the cost we need to determine is what is the will of God for my life? To not follow the will of God is to pay the price for that, perhaps through the rest of our lives. So I think it's important that we include that as one of the costs is, is what is the will of God for my life? And if I make this decision, is it, is it helping to fulfill God's will for me in this life? Matthew chapter 19, verses 28 through 30, says Jesus said to them, Assuredly I say to you that in this in the generation, regeneration when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake. So in other words, following the will of God, leaving all of those wonderful people and things behind for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. So there's a cost to every decision that we make. And that's something that we should reckon with. We should calculate to the best of our ability, including what does this do in helping fulfill the will of God in my life. Number five, we're nearly through here, so... Prepare for the challenges and setbacks. To every decision that we make, there will always be a challenge and a setback. I know in every building project, whether you're building a house or a church or whatever, there's always a low point. How many have ever experienced the low point in, in a decision you made, right? There's always a low, low point when, when something doesn't work out or when the costs go up or or something that you weren't figuring on, all of a sudden happens, you know, we don't know where to go. We can prepare that there will be challenges and setbacks. We can't always tell where they're going to happen, or when they're going to happen, or how much they're going to cost, but we can prepare that there will be. Proverbs 22, verse 3 says, A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and, and are punished. So we need to anticipate that there will be difficulties and challenges, and that's just part of life. Preparation means that, that we can be ready spiritually and emotionally in every situation when we experience a setback. We can also be prepared financially or physically if, if it is required to know that probably, you know, in the decisions of life, especially the significant ones, they're not going to always be a smooth road. They're not always going to work out. And if they are, celebrate it, love it, enjoy it. But they're not always going to be that way. 
there will be challenges, there will be setbacks, there will be costs that we don't know ahead of time. And being prepared for that, both emotionally, spiritually, financially, if, if that's applicable, to just know that we are going to encounter difficulties. And, and Jesus is on the ride with you, even through those kinds of waters. Jesus doesn't abandon you just because there's challenge or setback. He will guide you through that. You know, the 23rd Psalm, even though it may not seem this dire, uh, but it says, even though I walk through the valley of death, what? Thou art with me. He doesn't, he doesn't leave us behind when the going gets tough. And you're facing a challenge or facing a setback or whatever it may be. Just know that Jesus is, is there for you. You have nothing to fear. I'm just going to ask us to come to a point of uh, prayer here. And maybe you're facing a decision and maybe a significant one. And you want to just invite God's help in helping you make the right decision to navigate the choices available to you. And if your head's bowed, I'm, I'm going to ask maybe just for a sign so I can pray for you. Would you just raise your hand to say, I've got a decision in front of me. I, I need some guidance on. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Lots of hands. Yeah. A lot of decisions out there. Jesus, we invite you right into our life, Lord, our, where we live, our decision-making process here. And Lord, those who have signified by raising their hands today, Lord, you, you know their situation. It's not new to you. It's not a surprise to you. And not only do you know it, but you know the answer. You know the, the right direction to go, the right decision to make. And I pray right now, Lord, that uh, as each one opens their heart to you and say, Jesus, I'm inviting you in. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to me and lead me into the truth and help me as I navigate things I may know nothing about or maybe I've never been there before or maybe it's two good decisions but I want the best decision. So Lord, I pray today that you just begin to reveal that maybe step by step. Maybe Lord, you'll speak strongly, clearly and it'll bring clarity to the situation, the decision to be made. But Lord, however you work, maybe it's through other godly, spiritual people who speak into our lives. Lord, we are willing and ready to hear from you. And I pray, Lord, that even if it is met with some difficulty or challenge, Lord, that we'd not just abandon it, but we trust that you're going to be with us in all of it. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.